This Cup of Rogue Gray is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trek.fm. Plus, if you'd like to support our programming personally, please visit trek.fm slash donate to get our alien badges and art prints featuring original illustration by Toba Ushi. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Prue back at Science Station 1, and next to him is my other co-host Philip Gilfus at Science Station 2. B- boys, what are you working on back there? Um, well, Daniel and I have a little bet going. Um, we were trying to see uh, how long um, Citation Ops can survive with, with seawater instead of freshwater. Um, you know, Daniel's more into the blue area. I'm more into the red area. So what do you think, Daniel? Is this going to mess up any of our uh, crew members down there? I think we'll hear from Commander Flipper if, if he's having issues. That's for sure. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I wouldn't worry about Commander Flipper. I think Livingston's going to go right for your jugular <laughs> if you mess that up. So He probably will. Now, now to, you know, to... To take that poll, do you have to enter in the variables identically, you know, in both stations at the same time? Yes, we're like, we're like, kind of like binars, yeah, together, me and Philip. So we, we automatically, we know what we're thinking, and we talk in this weird clickety-click language, and, you know, and like, but, you know, it works for us, so it's all right. And I said, we're also working on this holodeck program that, uh, we'll tell you about it later. <laughs> Well, just as long as our listeners don't interpret those noises as feedback and bad mic qualities, because we wouldn't want that. Certainly not. Well, and also sitting next to me as my number one is my lovely wife, Maureen. Hello. And she'll be joining us for today's discussion on introducing others to TNG. Now... Maureen, I know within the last year, we've watched a lot of Star Trek on Netflix, especially with a newborn. Yeah, it seems there was nothing else to watch. But I do know for a fact that you have watched episodes of Star Trek when I'm not at home. Yeah, guilty as charged. So there are many ways to introduce, you know, family and friends to Star Trek The Next Generation. So what we're going to do is go around the bridge today and discuss how to break apart that icy comet. And hopefully there's not a repository of a civilization inside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So for... So first off, we're going to start with uh, my, I was going to give you a rank, but you know, ranks change so much on this show, sometimes from shot to shot. So, uh, well, let's make you a Lieutenant Commander today. So Lieutenant Commander Philip is going to give us his first poll for how he would introduce someone to Star Trek The Next Generation, what episode he would go with. Sure. Uh, thanks. Wait a minute. I'm wearing gold. I was wearing red at the beginning of this episode. What is oh anyway? Um, well, well, I think the the uh, when it comes to introducing people to Star Trek, usually the way 
I do it with with folks is usually in the context of of dating. I mean, you know, usually it's like, okay, you know, uh, the second, third, fourth, fifth time once they're like, that's an abnormally large amount of action figures. If that hasn't scared them off, then I can actually show them Star Trek. And so um, normally the first thing I I show um, um, girls that that I'm dating is to kind of ease them in is Star Trek First Contact, the movie. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's a movie. So, you know, kind of have a little, um, date there at night, a little popcorn. Exactly. You know. Exactly. A little, uh, Earl gray, right. Something going on. Um, but <laughs> nice replicated beverage. Exactly. But I mean, you know, first contact the, the movie, you know, it, I mean, it has everything. It's an action movie. It's a comedy. It's a drama. You know, the, the first, I'd say, you know, 10 minutes of the movie is, is kind of for, you know, hardcore fans. So they're, you know, the, the new person's like, well, okay, ship, battle, okay. But I think once they hit Earth um, and go back in time, it, it's it's a tailor-made for someone who has not, never even seen Star Trek before. Um, because the, the character of Lily, who's there in, in, the, in, the, 21st, uh, in the late 21st century, um, kind of acts as a surrogate for that new audience member. And I think the fact that... The, the the movie takes largely, you know, takes place in the near future. You know, it's not 2013, but it's the mid-21st century. And so it kind of seems like, okay, it's post-World War III, but it, it still seems relatable. People kind of dress similar. The music, we, we, know, we know the music. We know Roy Orbison and all that stuff, Steppenwolf. Um, but just throughout the movie, you know, you, you just have everything that's there. Action movie, suspense. Um, you have a great villain, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the only female villain in Star Trek, is the Borg Queen. And so you have the Borg Queen as a villain, and so she's not you know, some, one of these kind of you know, crazy, maniacal, just bad for the sake of being bad. She's very complex, and I think that, that can be sort of interesting for someone who's never seen it before, and Data, and I can go on and on and on. But basically, I think you see all kind of the cool things, the holodeck... Um, the deflector dish scene, all that is kind of cool for someone who's never seen it before. Of course, for us fans, we love it even more. But I think, I think Star Trek First Contact is is just one of the the greatest gateways for someone who hasn't seen Star Trek or the Next Generation before. Uh, I I just have to ask you one question, Philip. Um, as a young single man myself, does the pickup line, "Hey, do you want to go back to my place for some popcorn, Earl Grey, and a Star Trek movie?" Does that ever actually work? Because if it is, I'm doing everything way wrong. <laughs> well, this you don't. That's why you don't. It's not the first date, obviously. You gotta, like I said, it's the seventh date. He established that. <laughs> it's the yeah, you know. So okay, so, because so, I've I've never entered into that situation. And as far as female um, uh, antagonists go, at least in the movies, I guess you could kind of consider. Well, I mean, V'ger uses um, Ilea, right? That's that's. I mean, I guess V'ger's not a female, but... Daniel, is there any date you would ever show the motion picture? No, no, no. I <laughs> I wouldn't even watch it myself. Well, well, actually, no, you know what? I'm rethinking my strategy here for a second. Yes, I would. If I had uh, an inkling that maybe things might work out well, you pop in the motion picture 10 minutes later, you're guaranteed that she's going to want to do anything else. Other than watching that movie. So it, it might actually be a good idea, but No, I would go the other way and say I think the other female villain in the Star Trek movies is uh that lady who's hitting on Picard in Insurrection, because she's getting in the way of Beverly and we all know we just need to take her out. You know, let's hold on to this moment. Don't don't let it slip away. I mean, hey, that's that's good stuff right there. So I wouldn't use Insurrection <laughs> as the first movie. 
<laughs> she knows. I that was the first TNG movie I saw. Oh. When I was a kid, and they had I can't I can hardly remember. I know there was like a paradise place. And some creepy alien guy with like a face stretching machine or something like—is that? Am I yes, remembering that correctly? That's it. That's it. It scared the heck out of me. That was terrifying. I was like, "What is with this?" I'd never seen uh, next gen anything. I think my mom had had us watch the one with the whales. Uh, I know what the title Otherwise is. Otherwise known as Star Trek Four: <laughs> The Motion Picture. No, it's sorry, the Voyage. The Voyage. Oh. No, it is known as the one with the um, whales. I believe yes, that is actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so that was i don't know that maybe if i saw it as an adult it would be better i no, don't know it wouldn't no, be okay not <laughs> no, it scared me when i was a kid it, it would be it would be trust me we can uh you know get a babysitter go go out and see it, it you'll, you'll appreciate it we don't have to go out to see it it's right here <laughs> but no i wasn't meaning that insurrection would be a good first date i was just reiterating female antagonists uh. <laughs> and we should not forget the female romulan conspirator in star trek 6 who gets like zero screen time or uh, anything but she is there and she's romulan so i had to bring her up well that's the same thing with star trek 5 but i'm also not going to talk about her either. yeah but no i think that's a really good uh, example philip of a good start to you know introducing someone what many people consider to be the best uh at least i do the best next gen film and it it does uh, really it it does embody a lot of what's good about star trek yeah i agree i mean it's 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 a great choice it's uh and it's yeah it's everybody would everybody brings up that choice because it's like it brings people into these characters even if you don't know the characters you get a good sense now just because you didn't get to go first daniel you can't say everyone picks that choice uh well whatever philip philip is higher rank than me so he gets to go first and get the first choice whatever it's fine watch out i'll make you an admiral and we all know we don't want to go that high on the chain <laughs> oh right, yeoman so, third class prue <laughs> Junior grade yeoman. So, Daniel, what is uh, your first choice that you would introduce someone to TNG? Not necessarily to, you know, romance them, but just to to introduce them to to the series as a whole. So I maybe I have less experience with this kind of a situation than than most people do. I've never really gotten into a place where. I was hanging out with like I mean I have friends and stuff and they'll I'll be watching Star Trek and they'll come over and I'll be like eh, we're all here Daniel it's never like it <laughs> it's never like it your friends are here <laughs> it's it's never like an a, a like um like an active thing that I tried to do so this was an interesting thought experiment for me because I'd never really considered it this way before um, but my first choice is actually going to be Data's Day um, because it's kind of a lighthearted oh. episode that introduces you to all of the characters. And, like, you get to just have fun. Like, it's not really serious. I mean, Kate goes in it a lot, so that kind of brings it down a bit. But, you know, it's Chief O'Brien, who who is, like, the everyman that everybody always loves. And Data, who's the popular character on the show. And you just kind of get to see a day in, in the Enterprise's crew's lives. And, and it's, it's neat, to, I think, to see it through those eyes, where it's like, oh, my God, it's not, like, which aliens are going to blow up the Enterprise this week. It's just just what's going on every day so i thought that was cool 
I think I would agree with you. I do remember that episode and I liked it. It was one of my favorites. It's actually one of the ones I was thinking of going into this podcast because it was just sweet. It was fun seeing like what they're all like when they weren't, you know, in dire danger. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, and a wedding, you know, that's always a good thing. Yeah, and y'all didn't have any similar experience. Did like Darren lock himself in the closet and you had to like talk himself out of there? None of that happened. With what? <laughs> during during the Moser pre-wedding uh, uh, ceremony, you, you, you didn't, didn't call it off anything no, like that. You didn't call it off like a, like a couple days before and then tell your best friend to tell him. Just don't worry about it. I think my parent. I think my parents would have killed me for that. <laughs> um, no, uh, not at all. A good geeky group of uh, friends around us. Actually, one of my groomsmen knew us so well that without telling us, he showed up with a lightsaber and a blaster, and we instantly struck the classic Star Wars poster pose. Granted, it's a little creepy that we were imitating Luke and Leia. (laughs) It's episode four, Luke and Leia. They don't know, and they didn't get married. It's okay. We won't ask if he, there were any Klingons did. present at the birth of your child either. I hope not. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't remember. But. You may now give birth. Where, uh, I think it's disaster, right? Where they're all separated, and, yeah. and that one was funny. I don't think I had had we had had Lizzie yet, so I was. So that's why it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> now it's really hilarious. It's funny because it's not true. <laughs> But yeah, no. Data's Day is is an interesting episode because, like you said, is there even like a a um, like any danger at all, or is it just really just the? There is some kind of minor crisis that I can't remember the details of. Everything just seems to be mostly, uh, um, just interrelational type of stuff. And I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if this is gender stereotyping for my own gender, but since you know, it's your word. You can use it. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I know women tend to, tend to be attracted to the, uh, um, like, relational side of things and how the characters interact with each other and stuff. So maybe Data's Day for that reason would be good because, like, like you said, um, Daniel, you get to see how people are interacting with each other and how they relate to each other. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would assume, uh, you know, if you're watching it from a woman's perspective, you actually get to see Troy be useful in that episode, which she very <laughs> rarely is. So, I mean, you know, and, and there's a great, the great callback that Data's writing the letter to, uh, to Commander, Commander Maddox. Maddox. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Commander Maddox from... Uh, Who wears blue, you know. The measure of a man. He does wear blue. That's right. Yeah, that's, but he's a that's jerk, why he's evil. So he doesn't yeah. count. Yes. I'm yeah. surprised he doesn't start his letter. Dear Commander Maddox, you know me, the guy you tried to kill, uh... This is, uh, I'm just letting you know I'm living, and this is what I'm up to. So, uh, you know, XOXO. <laughs> Hit me back. <laughs> Hit me back. <laughs> now, this is also the great episode where we get to see Beverly and Data dance. The Dancing Doctor. That's right. That's right. So, we get to see uh, uh, yeah, everything. It is a great episode. I'm glad. I, you know what? Whoever picked that episode, that was a good choice. <laughs> That's enough Data's Day. Let's uh, move on to the next uh, episode. It's turning into Daniel's Day. uh, Yeah, Daniel's Day. Data's Day will now henceforth be referred to as Daniel's Day. Yes. I thought we had said we weren't going to celebrate Daniel's Day this year. Gosh. (laughs) 
Now, the episode I picked was a late season five episode, Redemption Part One. And I know it's a little deep into Next Gen, but I think because of really focusing on a singular character of Worf and how much it really develops on him and his kind of this turning point in his life as he's making choices. Uh, but it also leads, you know, quickly into some great captain action by data who, you know, who doesn't love that. Uh, and, you know, Romulans who are played by their former actresses aside, you know, it's a great, <laughs> uh, I really enjoy, you know, just focusing on the Klingon empire and this turning point in this species. And I see, you know, you could take that as, okay, look, this is, you know, I remember, you know, I told you about the Klingons and this is kind of how their society is based. And you get to kind of see that play out a bit. And it's not so much of a monster of the week as a, this is a continuing species that we're developing. And that's one of the reasons I like it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's interesting for people who, I don't know, they maybe know Star Trek or maybe don't know Next Generation. Klingons, like, you know, everyone knows what a Klingon is, even if you've never seen Star Trek, you know. So it's interesting whether people, you know, who who've not, who are not necessarily into Star Trek would be interested in learning more about the Klingons, you know, right off the bat. I think, I mean, I think some people would be like, oh, well, this is definitely cool and all that. And, and maybe for some people it wouldn't, wouldn't be. But I think that's definitely a cool episode because you did definitely get to see Data in his element, um, like you said, and... And you get to see the Romulans and the Klingons, so you're like, oh man, there are a bunch of kind of adversaries out there for the Federation and these guys. Maybe this is definitely a cool series. And by picking a two-parter, I've just made them watch an hour and a half of Star Trek, so, you know, boom, right there. That's how we get them into Doctor Who. Oh, you like this? There's 50 more years of it. Let's, let's sit down and watch it. And as a two-part, and, you know, picking a two-parter that's not best of both worlds might might be a little bit out of left field for most people. Because most people would be like, oh, best of both worlds, best of both worlds. But as I, I agree, it's pretty it's a pretty cool choice, uh, you know, except for maybe a few creative decisions that were made earlier on in the series that <laughs> we don't need to get into. Uh, but there are Romulans, so, of course, I'm going to be... Yeah, uh, doesn't like it when actresses or actors play other portions of themselves, whether it's family or future or past iterations, so... Uh, Daniel Daniel hates blondes. That's really what it comes down to. Romulan's uh, no, well, blondes. He did specify to his credit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when, like, oh, here's my daughter who looks exactly like me, who is played by the same actress, and it's just like, come on, come on, what? Whatever. I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna get into it. That's for another. Daniel episode. likes his <laughs> Daniel likes his Romulan hair like Janeway likes her coffee. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't be a racist Wesley. <laughs> now, Maureen, being a little bit... Uh, what's the word? You haven't been exposed to quite as much Star Trek as the rest of us, but what would Not you... Not nearly as much. <laughs> but uh, what episode, if you had to pick one, to to kind of ease someone into this world, this black hole, that you will, of uh, of awesome sci-fi? Well, I think it helps to be married to the person who's sucking you into the black hole. Um, but I don't know if I would, if, well, cause I, I think Data's Day was actually the one I was thinking of. So since that one's already taken, I might come in at this. No, I'll just erase angle. everything that Daniel said. And, uh, <laughs> and no, Daniel, no. the first time we have a guest, really? God, favoritism. No. <laughs> you one upped her. What? No, I thought that was I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Somebody else thought of that one. I wasn't like being lame or something thinking of that one. Um, 
But I guess maybe I'll come at this from a different angle then. Um, if you're trying to introduce someone to Star Trek in general, um, I might, and if it, with the goal of maybe eventually getting to next gen, then I might actually start with the new movies. Um, just simply because I have a friend at work who's admittedly a major Star Wars fan, and I'm a big Star Wars fan as well, so maybe that helps. Um, but he was he he just said he had never really been into Star Trek. It just wasn't on his radar. But then he saw the new movies, really liked them, and now he's interested in seeing um, the show. Um, and so I've been kind of telling him, oh, yeah, you know, my husband really likes Next Gen. It's his favorite, and I've seen, like, I think I've seen like two seasons, um, which for me is a lot. Um, it was taught him how I enjoyed it and everything like that. So if, if we're talking about kind of Star Trek in general and trying to get uh, a person who isn't into it, especially if they're not, um, they're not really into sci-fi in general or like someone like me who likes Star Wars, then I'm probably going to be more open to Star Trek. Um, then maybe the new movies might be a good place to start because they're kind of a, action adventure all kinds of stuff going on uh romance stories that weren't there in the originals and all that kind of stuff might be a good way to kind of suck someone in and then just say hey you want to see like one of the tv shows and if it's a thoughtful person um then i would go for one of those like measure of a man type of episodes or whatever where they're really discussing some pretty serious issues um i thought that was really neat how they dealt with the idea of like what is what makes someone human um, and with such high stakes too, where your Riker has to prosecute essentially, and he has to do it convincingly or the whole thing is scrapped and like that, uh, moral conundrum then that he's stuck in. Um, plus then Picard having to come up with a way to, um, portray data who is, you know, a robot yeah, as human. I do have I do have to admit though as as an outsider watching this like Data's makeup I really wish they had done something else with that because he always looks kind of like a little too shiny for my taste like he needs like some powder or something to kind of take the sheen off I don't know maybe that's just me I've never thought about it I don't I mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, uh, it's just like okay they did what they did I mean and like if you go from the first <laughs> if, you, if you go from like you know the first episode all the way through the movies he his sheen i guess definitely changes a little bit it shifts yeah season well, one well, laforge actually really laforge sees him as a big bright thing that's how laforge sees him he's just this big white light <laughs> like he's an angel or something I have to admit, when I, everyone sees him? <laughs> when I was a little girl, we, you know, we would watch um, Reading Rainbow, and so that's, you know, hosted by LeVar Burton, and he... Butterfly in the sky, yeah. <laughs> I can twice <laughs> um, And he, he did that one where they went to the next-gen set, and this is how much I knew about Star Trek when I was a little kid. I thought they had invented a character for him to play just for that episode of reading rainbow. And then later I was like, Oh, he was actually on the show. That was like a real character who was part of the show. So that's, that's what I knew about next gen when I was a kid. Well, you don't have to take our word for it. Measure of a man is a, is a great episode though. I mean, uh, you know, you get that that kind of morality play that we don't we don't that we see it very often in Star Trek and and a lot in TNG, 
And um, just when you were talking about you it. You have a character named after me, which is always good. Well, and it's oh, it's also good because you're, you know, a big part, I would say, a lot of people say, is Star Trek is the morality play. So going with an episode that does have center around that, it you know, it's introducing it, but it's introducing it not not kind of sugarcoating or hiding eh, Star Trek's going to be about this a lot. <laughs> so kind of get used to uh, <laughs> this kind of stuff. But now Philip, have we decided is Philippa a bad Well, Oh, she, she's a captain oh, and she is right. a Jag. You're she's right. a Jag captain too. So, so she's kind of like the loophole. She can't that... be a bad girl. She wants to, she, she likes Captain Picard a lot. Yeah, wow, you watered that down so much. Like the whole episode, she's like, here's my hotel key, John Luke. I'm like, hey, can we like, you know, get through the episode here? Uh, yeah, and, and, and she, she's clearly, you know, no, I, 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 even if she were an admiral, I would consider her a good admiral or like a nice admiral. I, I don't know. Uh, those aren't real words, Daniel. I mean, come on. <laughs> at, least, at least try. Okay. Oh, well, it's no Torf. Hey, that was, uh, that's hashtag worthy, okay? Oh, man. So, Philip, what is your second choice? Uh, if the first one doesn't quite work and you need to, uh, to reintroduce, um, let's say, undo the damage. No, no. Just a... Uh, uh, Besides First Contact, what's a good episode you think uh, another one to introduce someone to TNG? Well, well it's interesting because we're actually going to stay in that vein. Um, and also, um, kind of what's already been mentioned about Data being somewhat of a, a character that is a good one to, to bring people in, in theory. Okay? So it's another good one where this is where Data dates for the first time, has his first girlfriend. Um, and again, it's, it's a, a great comedy for it. <laughs> exactly. A great comedy, a great drama. I mean, the ladies love data, right? Magical boyfriend. Um, and, uh, you know, he gets, you know, he has Jenna's, you know, t telling her about the, telling him about her old boyfriend and he has to listen to all that being you know, a good guy. And then she suddenly gets the eye for him. It wasn't the line something like you've instructed me in the past that if you decide you want to get back with so-and-so, I am to list his character flaws like <laughs> thusly and like begin. It's like, shall I do that now? And she's like, no. Oh. He didn't do the little things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I think that also the great thing about this episode is not only for the data stuff, which is awesome, but also, you know, when he just, you know, he's trying to decide, all right, well, you know, she just made out with me in the middle of the duty shift, which, A, I don't know if that's really professional, but B, um, whether, you know, he should pursue this relationship. And so he has to talk to each character. And I think that interaction lets the, a person who's new to the series learn about each character. So they learn that Riker will shag anything that moves, right? <laughs> you learn that pretty quickly. Um, you learn that Worf is a Klingon, and, you know, only a Klingon woman. Um, and Jordy is just very neurotic. And he's like, maybe you should, but maybe you shouldn't. Maybe it is. Maybe it, you just got to do what's right. Unless you... And then and then you have um, Picard, who just, like, uh, tries to avoid data the whole time and is like, I'd be happy to give you any... Uh, advice I have on women if I had any to give you know so <laughs> but uh and and I think the last thing I'll say is like I think there's that great there's two great scenes um 
One is that one where Data is in uh, Jenna's quarters and does like that whole subroutine where he's like, oh, da, 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 you know, singing and like cleaning up her place. And then he gets into the false argument. Maybe it's your fault. And, you know, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, and, you know, this is, I thought this way would work. And just a great scene. And, and she sees he's trying. But I think that, that, Isn't that when scene, she says how much of his processing power he's dedicating mm-hmm. to thinking about her. And she's like, well, I'm glad I'm in there somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, when they're doing that kiss. But that end scene where she breaks up with him and Data's like, so are we not, no longer a couple? And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, program deleted. <laughs> and then he just sits there all alone and Spot just jumps up and, hi, Spot. And everyone has a little tear at the end. But, I mean, that was just a definitely great episode for everyone. But it, it's it's interesting that you bring up that final scene because it reminds me a lot of the final scene in um, the Offspring, where like we we're we're definitely to to get the impression that Data is definitely android. He doesn't have emotions. He can't comprehend. Like you know, oh my daughter died. Whatever. Oh, this uh, he cannot comprehend. Uh, can't use a contraction there, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're right. <laughs> cannot comprehend. And then, you know, and then his girlfriend breaks up with him, whatever, I'll just erase the subroutine. But it's, both of these instances are like, the camera kind of hangs on him and we get this sad music. And you're, you're meant to feel sad for him, even though he can't feel sad for himself, which is, I think, what makes you feel even more sad for him. And I think those are two really good examples of how they used data really, really smartly. Because he's so innocent and so pure, he can't even... He, he can't sympathize for himself. He can't feel bad for himself. And it's left to the audience to do it for him. And I, and I think that's a very powerful moment. So, Daniel, what is your number two choice? Not your number one, not your first in command, but, you know, your, your, your backup. But your data your, choice. Your, this should be my data of choices, right? <clears throat> so this is actually an episode I don't think we've talked about, the three of us ever. Or is ever that possible? On. I don't know. Yeah. Sub Rosa, or ever no, we've definitely talked about that, <laughs> or ever brought up on um, on any any conversation we ever had. Um, this is it's a little known season three episode. It's called Who Watches the Watchers. Oh, um, I didn't see that coming. Wait, How was that a next gen episode? Coming? I thought that was DS Nine. <laughs> I I totally baited you. You did. Huh? You I was really was interested, <laughs> and then you just oh slapped me on the side. And now we're no yeah. longer interested. Uh. So, so my first choice was kind of a lighthearted kind of romp and fun, and that's exciting. Who watches the Watchers is like the th- is like the one thing that all five treks always talk about is is the Prime Directive. It's a Prime Directive episode through and through, and it's really interesting. It's it's that morality play that we were talking about before, and it's like it's it's just a, it's an amazing episode, and you really get to see. I think it kind of encompasses a lot of TNG philosophy in it um, with the, the, the themes that run throughout it and the things they talk about and, you know, Picard willing, well, this is early Picard. So he's totally willing to take an arrow in the knee or in the chest. You mean the Picard, the Picard. That's right. He's totally willing to take an arrow to the knee for the prime directive. And, uh, you know, it's stop making video game references, Daniel. This is sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say, take a, take an arrow to the, and then you, you can't. You have to finish with the knee, but uh, so I think it's a great episode. Um, obviously, we've talked about it, um, and uh, but I think it's actually a good episode to introduce new people to TNG because it's like you're going to see a lot of these kinds of episodes. You're going to see a lot of this theme. You're going to see a lot of this. Should we or should we not influence these people who are less developed than the rest of us? So you know, and maybe if they, and that's 
one of the best of the bunch, you know, if not the best. So if they if they can't get into it then, maybe 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 you should try Doctor Who. That one that one might actually work <laughs> on me. I remember watching that one and the Prime Directive is a rather interesting concept to me and I I like discussing things like that. So like for someone like me that episode might work. So I wonder if she if you like justice because boy, did they love talking about the prime directive. <laughs> <laughs> it's the and it's so much players. more appealing the that yeah. the way they dress in that episode than yeah. uh, like oh, those proto Vulcans. Like what is this? Someone call that the yoga instructor yeah. one or whatever. <laughs> it's the sexy time planet. Yeah, that's. The, I have to admit, at that point, I'm like, I get the whole prime directive thing, and like, I'm like, just. If you, I don't know if there's something was blocking, they couldn't beam Wesley out of there. But I'm like, just beam him out of there. Like, why is this even a question of if you're gonna save him or not? I don't know. That was, but see, that's it's about playing by careful. Your own Philip rules. likes that episode, so well, <laughs> is it because is there of, no is justice? Of the justice part, or because of the yoga instructors? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some games I don't really know how to play. Never mind. <laughs> It's like a stick. No, no, but uh, but <laughs> but I, I mean, I think you know Daniel has a good point, and though I think it's funny how we're each phrasing this about like, yeah, there's a lot of morality play. Next generation has a lot of that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, it has a lot of that. I mean, like we're not apologizing. That's what makes it so well, great. It is- no, like, no, 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 no. People, someone's watching it, going like, "Yep, yeah, they do that." So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I don't want to give that impression out because that's certainly not, obviously, not how I feel. But it is like it is kind of a thing, like. Well, if you don't like these themes, they're going to be revisited so often. You, if you don't want a smart show, don't watch Next Generation. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say. To be honest, though, that that really might be a good way to get somebody into Star Trek. If they're not going to watch it for, like, the weird aliens and, like, the bizarre, like, stuff happening with, like, the warp core or whatever, um, especially if somebody's not into sci-fi, they might just be like, well, whatever. But if they're a thoughtful person... Um, you know, then yeah, the morality play might just be exactly what because then it's addressing universal issues and not just sci-fi stuff. Um, and there's a lot to think about and talk about. And then you do have the lighthearted episodes as well that just um, demonstrate like the character relatability and and all that. So I think the morality play actually might be a good hook then for people. Yeah, I think there are definitely just episodes that portray the morality play better than others. Like, I don't think uh, as loud as a uh, as loud as a whisper is probably the 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 best <laughs> morality play. Uh, unless we, you know, I mean, I would like to see that as a play. I think that'd be very interesting. Have a, you know a group of four, you know, who gets to be the silent guy? But yeah, it, it, probably not a good starter. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's in the same league as as Watchers, but. Uh, oh, Daniel! Do, yeah, we, we, nothing yeah, is we, Daniel. Nothing is. We, nothing we is. know. We know. <laughs> well, it's not even my favorite episode. <laughs> really, you you could have fooled me on that. <laughs> well, my third choice for an intro, and again, I I'm digging deep into the series, uh, not necessarily starting at the beginning. Uh, but I go with Timescape, which is season six, uh, episode 25. So almost to the end. But what I like about it. So this is the one where uh, I think it's Troy, Picard and gosh, I'm blanking on the third person. Jordy. Jordy uh, come are heading back in a shuttle and they find the Enterprise kind of like locked in time in an apparent battle with the Ra- a Romulan Warbird. And 
there's a couple reasons I like it. One, Troy's in a uniform, so we get smart Troy. Uh, then also you see a little bit of interpersonal, not on duty action going on in the beginning when they're, you know, you get the famous, you know, one unbroken sentence moving from topic to topic. And, and you get to see, you know, <laughs> these crewmates, you know, chat and just have a good time, not on the bridge. So that's a great aspect. But then the overall arc in the fact that it's a mystery and they're trying to figure out what happened. And so as a viewer, even as a new viewer, you know, yeah, if you're sitting with someone who can kind of point out, okay, well, that's who this alien is. And that's, you know, the warp core shouldn't be doing that. You know, that that they can help you with the, the little bits, but being able to view it as they're figuring it out, I think is a, is an interesting way to lead them into the series. And and if that hooks them, you know, then you're good. Cause uh, it's, it's being a later episode. It's, it's pretty good. You know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a, a good one. Um, Cause you, there's certainly the sci-fi elements, time and, and the science of, well, I, quote unquote science with the warp core in both of the ships. But it's certainly, like you said, like a mystery. I mean, of course, you have that great Picard scene where he's like making the dots and the smiley face and the, <laughs> but anyway, in the warp core breach. But yeah, no, I, mean, I think it's definitely, you know, um, like like Maureen said, you know, maybe is it a little too much sci-fi? Yeah, but I mean, I, I still think it's it has that mystery element that any TV show should have and, and can definitely bring someone in. And you, hey, the Romulans, hey, you get to see some bad guys um, who actually, I guess, are actually good guys in this episode. But anyway, but yeah, no, it's definitely a good one. And and whereas Philip won't apologize for morality plays for Star Trek, I will not apologize for sci-fi elements in Star Trek. So <laughs> there's no such thing as too much sci-fi in Star Trek, is all I wanted to say. Uh-huh. And also, of course, it's as a Romulan episode, uh, it's it's up there for me as well. So, And the Romulans are all played by, you know, new people. None of them are their own ancestors. So, you know. That's right. That's right. Exactly. There's no there's no Sela in sight. So I'm totally okay with it. And Maureen, did you have a second choice? Uh, and even if you're not sure of the title, I'm sure we can uh, we can come up with it. Yeah. But you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think a lot of the ones covered were ones I've already seen and that I liked. Um, I will say which ones I don't think you should start with. Pretty much anything involving Q, who I can't stand. Oh, I, oh, I can't stand him. Um, although after I loved the episode where he gets turned into a human, um, Q. yeah, that made me really happy because I felt like he kind of got his comeuppance. He's, I'm sorry. I have, I have a real problem with like real jerky type of characters where they just kind of need to get a, I don't know. It feels like he needs to get a slap in the face or something. Get their comeuppance. Oh. Well, oh. he does in Deep Space Nine. So. Does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets punched square in the face you know? oh. by Cisco. Yeah. I didn't and need to see that episode. He's he's uh well, goading yeah. Cisco like like he would Picard and Cisco just punches him and he's like Picard would never punch me and he's like I'm not Picard. Oh that I'm sounds not wonderful. Picard. Um It is a wonderful moment, yeah. I'm trying to think of other episodes. Um oh there's that one where Picard has to pretend he's in love with uh what's her face? Uh Menage Troy. Menage Troy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my heart not is a fever. <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was funny, or the disaster one was pretty good too. Because like, even though, like, I don't know, like a lot of the scenes, like people are okay, they're just kind of separated. They gotta, 
yeah, like Picard being with the children and stuff, I thought was pretty cute. Um, so I'm I, ordering I, you to stop crying. <laughs> I wish I, I wish that worked. <laughs> um, but uh, I liked those two episodes. Those were fun ones as well. That's true. We can dress up Lizzie in a you know one of those unisex jumpers and put a radish in her hands and it'll be the most obscure Star Trek <laughs> character reference ever. One and pip. One one pip and she'll be the you know senior officer in charge of radishes, you know. That's <laughs> no one else can claim that. That's right. No one else ever would. So. <laughs> well as we wrap up with our closing thoughts on, you know, introducing people to Trek, I think we've gone through some great episodes uh and I, no one you know jumped on a counter at far point but i think that's kind of the obvious uh well where do you start we'll start with the first episode but you know as marines pointed out it's a q episode so you know some people may not be uh into the the impish prankster as much although who knows he could have a comeback uh he does have some loki-ish type qualities you know being uh he's no tom hiddleston i'm sorry honey <laughs> well, uh, well, we did we did see Q naked, so you saw what he had to oh, offer. No. Yeah, they do. It's all over like Pinterest and stuff. Um, what is it about Tom Hiddleston that girls obsess over? I don't understand. Hey, well, he's his, his brother, his brother played Jim Kirk's dad. That's right, Star Trek. That's true. Hashtag. But then there, you got to think about the uh, fact that Natalie Portman played Luke and Leia's mom. And how does that work? Ooh, we're crossing the streams now. Well, it's, they were already crossing some streams in episode four, as I understood it. But <laughs> no. Well, and then you have uh, Captain no. America may or may not have been in that previous Marvel property that we won't speak of. Blame on! <laughs> <laughs> Next, they'll cast a guy as Doctor Who who's already played two other characters in Doctor Who. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, they never do that. Mean, he was, he was a character... Torchwood a, and Pompeii episode. And I think in one of them, or maybe it was in a Doctor Who episode, I think he played a... Uh, what was it? It was a World Health Organization doctor. Torchwood. Yeah, it was in the Torchwood episode. And it's like, oh, come on, come on. Who doctor? Well, that was World War Z. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't an episode, but the movie. Um, and what's, what's that actor's name again? Peter, Peter Capaldi. Capaldi. He's the twelfth Doctor. Oh, okay. So he'll be showing up. Which should have been it should have been Marty McFly, but we won't get into that. You That's think Marty McFly different. should be the next Doctor? Yeah, so he's a time traveler. He already has the qualifications. Well, what about Doc now. Brown? He's kind of gonna die soon. <laughs> but he was on. <laughs> well, wait, wait, you, Chris, you, 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 you have the tenth Doctor and the eleventh Doctor each have their sayings. The twelfth Doctor could be Great Scott. <laughs> there we go. We just found a better doctor than uh, than Peter. I didn't think it was possible, but and he won't have to wear you know the old age makeup like he did in Back to the Future too. You know so. And Christopher Lloyd in Star Trek. Yeah, true Klingon. So he's uh, a is a pretty good Klingon. You know. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. a five. He he had a he had a targ. So that he gets bonus points. He killed that, Kirk's son, who, who is kind of obnoxious, anyways. 
the Kirk son that, that uh, so this popped is... in for the episode. Yeah, and we're going a little off the rail here, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. Well, once more around, uh, if you have it, Philip, do you have a third honorable mention? Sure. And just very quickly, um, Darmok. Um, obviously, it's one of the classic TNG episodes for a reason, but I also think it's, you know, as we've talked about, you know, when you're showing someone TNG for the first time, do you want to, like, trick them? You know, like, here's something funny, or here's something, and then, like, here, let me show you a second episode now that I've piqued your interest. But Darmok just lays it all on the table. Like, this is what TNG is. You know, we have an alien species who's not just a prosthetic or whatever. It's totally alien. We have no idea Can't what they're saying. To yes, and, you know, and so it's the, the beauty of language, which, you know, appeals to the sort of intellectual, you know, how do you talk to someone who you have no idea what their syntax is or you know anything about that and so that whole episode that fire uh campfire scene of of exchanging the stories row of, of, row you wait wait sorry wrong yeah no, wrong, no. wrong film yeah ensign row yeah. no no <laughs> but with the whole Gilgamesh, which we all slightly remember from middle school or or, or high school and but so but true. but and, but you could hear Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard telling you a story, which, you know, if that doesn't turn you on to Star Trek The Next Generation forever, I, I don't know what will. So so I'd say Darmok. So, Philip, are your arms open or are they at rest? Shaka. When the, when walls. the walls fell. <laughs> like, we can't quote, you know, our own you know Declaration of Independence, but boy, <laughs> I can remember those quotes from Darmok. <laughs> which literally make no sense. <laughs> so Daniel quick, what's your uh, honorable mention at the end here? Uh, yeah. So that's tough. I mean, if I had to boil it down, um, I, I was kind of coming at this from a different perspective. Like uh, if you were maybe like an original series fan or like just a sci-fi fan, I, I picked the survivors, which I Kevin. love that episode. Kevin. Yes. Yeah, super. So, you know, it's like Q like nice powers house. Kevin, but he's just an old dude who likes to garden. Get off my lawn. So <laughs> nice nice tea. <laughs> what does he say? Nice nice house? Good tea. Nice <laughs> house. <laughs> and uh you know, it's yeah, just never a do that in Star Trek like the next generation. Kind of original series kind of concept story, and I believe actually that the that the script was kind of recycled. But it was uh, you know, this idea of this No, I know, surprisingly. But it was this idea of this omnipotent being, you know, who 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 does this horrific act and, and just kind of follows up. It's a big mystery episode, like, oh, why is Troy listening to, you know, music box music and why do we care? And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. But it's I just thought that was a good episode. I love that episode and I, I every time I watch it I'm like, This is a good sci fi. Taught story. me that Worf liked and it's tea, not super, so like, you know, invested that's in good. Like, the T N G mythos. Like you can watch it and not know anything about the characters and still get you know the message out of the story so <laughs> although i do really like the uh the really right. nice map and that riker can that keep his coal even when he's hanging upside the, down kind of from orbit view just like and you just see this little <laughs> green square in the middle of like mars basically and it's a great it's a great uh although isn't that supposed to be like a square mile or something i don't mm-hmm. know it's it, it it does portray though <laughs> hey, everything else is just gone <laughs> And and that's what makes it way more suspicious because these people are way too calm <laughs> to deal with something like that. So with uh, my last choice, I, you can probably guess it. It's I I wouldn't necessarily say it is great for starting Star Trek. Don't be but... masked. Don't be masked. Don't be masked. <laughs> no, no, it's not masked. 
<laughs> but uh, I have a good friend uh, named Barry who really enjoyed Star Trek, and we would have you know Star Trek days where we'd watch Star Trek, and it was really fun. And but he hadn't caught every single episode, and I said, "Well, there's this two part episode that I think just embodies Next Gen, and you just have to watch it." So. He, he watched it and he was totally blown away by it like I was. And that is the two-parter mid-season episode, The Gambit. Uh, and I just really enjoy it for, you know, you get Captain Data, you get Worf being awesome, you get Riker kind of, you know, spy Riker, you get Picard. You, everyone has a role to play and you get some great bad guys, you know, a little bit of, you know, mythology and... Although, I have to admit, did they really think that we were going to believe that Captain Picard was dead? I mean, it, it, maybe if they had put it as like the 25th episode of season 7, they could have had a shot of, uh, you know, are they going to take him out before the series ends? But uh, I just really love it. And you, don't worry, guys, an episode commentary will be coming, you know. Or two. <laughs> Apparently. Or two. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, and I just love the scene with the the Data Wharf scene that you talk about, where Data just like pegs Wharf down. Um, you know, <laughs> he does. I've never, you know, I I can't even do my Data. I've never there, seen that, Commander so Riker awesome. addressing our captain like you did just now. If you need to bring things to my attention, you do so in private, not in front of the crew. And you and you almost see Worf's jaw just hit the floor. <laughs> you you you're you're uh you know you can step aside as first officer. It will not be seen as a demotion, merely a transfer. <laughs> it, it, it's a transfer. it's definitely the best part of that episode, and I, I I absolutely love watching it all the time. Yeah, and I just love how he wraps up that scene, going, "Mr. Worf, I'm sorry if I've ended our friendship. Like, like delete Worf <laughs> subroutine friendship." Now. <laughs> and then he's like, "No, sir, you know I have." And he's like, "Wait, recovery, back up, back it up, back it up." But yeah, that's that's such a great a great scene. I think that's on par with the scene when he's on the Sutherland in Redemption Part Two. Do it, two. Like, do it, those- Mister. <laughs> Yeah, it's because people think Data's a pushover, and and like he's like, no, I'm not a pushover. I'm I have like my polite program running all the time, but that doesn't mean you can just walk all over me. Well, I mean, like in Brothers, he just owns. Ugh. I mean, he just owns Ugh. so bad. I know, I know. You know, Brothers, you know, playing other people, but you know, oh, no. beyond that. When he he ta- basically, I'm surprised they didn't have a discussion afterwards. Going, hey Data, what's up with taking over the entire ship and impersonating my command code? Is there a way we can make sure you can't do that anymore? Because <laughs> I think that would be a pretty big risk. And, and that's actually Data the re- is the Batman of Starfleet. The, the, that's the reason TNG never did a mirror episode because it would just be Data on the Enterprise by himself. Because he could just do everything and he doesn't need... He's like that Barkley interface. He's just plugged in, you know, to everything. Um, I guess if I had to pick my last uh, episodes, I like the one where Riker had to... um, Had to stand in on the Klingon ship. A matter of honor. Yeah, I thought that was rather interesting because you kind of get to see the uh, human, which is, you know, obviously what we would be familiar with. Um, interacting with like an alien species and what it would be like to have to trade places and um, interact with like a different culture. And I like the fact that they had him talk with the Klingons about just their 
you know, kind of, I, I forget the exact discussion, but it was just a little more personal discussion than just like, oh, here's these like Sorry about really their fathers and their yeah. relationships. And- yeah. Here, instead of just, here's these freaky aliens that are part of the sci-fi thing. It's like, no, the whole idea of the show is that they have history, they have backgrounds, they have personalities and, and culture and stuff. And so I thought that one was rather interesting. And I did, I have to, I did kind of like the, um, the one where the children get kidnapped from the Enterprise and like Beverly's ready to take somebody's head off because they've got oh, Wesley man. and the other kids and uh, I like that one yeah, too because it pitted on name, again yeah. like the hu- yeah it pitted like the humans again against a different type of alien and I liked Picard's line about something like you're you're messing with our uh, species uh, most primal instincts you know that yeah a, a human parent would go very 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 far. To protect their child, and I thought it was rather interesting. When the, the bell idea. breaks, when the Either. bell breaks is the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So, anyway, I thought that one was rather interesting. All I could think of when when you were talking about Matter of Honor is one or both. <laughs> Easier, we could have one of the women breastfeed you. Now, I do have to admit, though, when we back in the ready room did a review on Matter of Honor, I said, boy, it'd be sure great if they brought back this exchange program like they could have a Klingon on next. <laughs> and then several, yeah, you know, after Worf. watching some other episodes, I noticed that's exactly what they <laughs> did. And they Karen heard me comes back. And I was like, oh, I just, oh, (laughs) man. Someone is writing on the internet, Darren is wrong. They did do that. Don't you even watch Star Trek, Darren? (laughs) I hope they don't give a TNG show to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really watch TNG. He obviously doesn't know. (laughs) I'm really not an expert. Then they look on the internet. (laughs) The next thing, new Earl Grey launching with (laughs) Philip Gilfes, Daniel Pruitt. Remember, this is still season one, Darren. You know, we can still yar you by the end of this. Oh, dang it. <laughs> well, then it's okay. I'll just come back in a later no, season. No, no, no. Not on my watch, you won't. No way. Yeah, is this, is, maybe we're just introducing Maureen. She's going to be the Pulaski of our second season, oh. and, and Darren will just Beverly Crusher it. <laughs> is that that other doctor? Mm-hmm. Yes. The old one. Oh, I it's, liked her. The mean one. See? There we go. Also known as that other doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Remember, I'm the newbie here. I can say that, and I won't get in trouble. That's true. Yeah, that's where uh, Gates McFadden was left, air quotes, see, after season one, and they, uh, I think she had disagreements with the production staff. Oh, so her disagreement is that she wanted back. to work, and they didn't want her to work. And so that was the That was the conflict. Yes. <laughs> I heard it went much, but, much deeper than that. But that's, that is a subject for our... That is a subject question. for another time. But yeah, that does make season two stand out. And, you know, Guinan comes on board to 10 bars. So you get a new doctor and a new bartender. Oh, I know. Every time she appears, I'm like, oh, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's in this. <laughs> and, you know, it's an awesome episode every time Guinan shows up, except for Time Zero. <laughs> which, uh, which one is that? Mark Twain. Where they go back in time when Oh, Mark I liked Twain's that there. one. <laughs> Well, it's See? been nice having you on the show, Mark. <laughs> uh... Hey, I, hey, you I know what? I'll just go back. Zero. I'll just go back to my Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, though, Time Zero does have a bit of an homage to City on the Edge of Forever because. In that one as well, I mean, you see, I, I'm picturing like Spock trying to rebuild the tricorder with you know period technology, just as Data is trying to make a 
uh, tachyon, you know, uh, detector out of an anvil. Ouch. Right. <laughs> and, but uh, but City didn't have and, a ridiculously, ridiculously obnoxious character that just screeched. I don't know. Joan Collins. A little of her goes a long way. He, I, I'd say that if you're talking about Mark Twain, I think that is one of the best, just not descriptions, but portrayals of Mark Twain I've ever seen. It, it may be, but it doesn't mean I want to watch him on my favorite TV show. If only they have got, could have gotten Hal Holbrook. I don't know. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking about, you know, just ways to introduce people to this show that we all just truly love. But it's just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM. Standard Orbit. Gene Roddenberry. I appreciate Gene Roddenberry as a creator because he had a vision and he stuck to it unlike other creators of other franchises that we won't get into. Who are you talking about, Drew? Not not George Lucas. Earl Grey. Romance on TNG. I got the four pips. I'm I'm ready to settle down now. It wasn't until then that I could get, get stay with one woman. So instead of rings, do they use that last pip on his collar <laughs> as the, the signal of their <laughs> eternal love and devotion together? The orb. The Jordan Prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you um, know, I was thinking that Haran was probably not so much a prophet as a Bajoran songwriter who just wrote really bad lyrics. The Ready Room. Faces. What you brought up is the exact reason why I like this episode so much, because the essential message is we have to have our good and our not-so-hot qualities to make us who we are. We have to deal with them. And this is just a very extreme version of that. To the journey! Workforce rewrite. And I'm totally with you about Jaffin. He is like Mark version 2.0. He's just like, he's a little too laid back. He's a little too quick to buy into all of this. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, dude, grow a pair. I like the way you put that. Commentary, Trek stars. Black and Cushman, part two. So they were trying to find a replacement, not to play Spock, but to play another Vulcan who would be assigned to the Enterprise. Whoa. And one of the wow. one of the guys they were considering was David Carradine, who went on what? to play. Oh, my God. <laughs> Warp five. Continuity and consequences. It was a place that you generally don't expect Star Trek to go with a major character for sure, and certainly not for the the period of time mm. that it went on, because, you know, it starts... Infusion. She becomes infected with this Pinar syndrome, and then that even leads her to drug addiction. Trek news and views. Looking back at TMP. Oh, okay. We're still talking TMP. I was thinking Janeway's pink nighty. I know. It's like what? <laughs> oh, Janeway's pink nighty. Oh, we Yeah. Yeah. You seem to like it. Uh huh. Yeah, done before. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was a nice night. Literary treks. You'll win. It has two sides to it. You know, you can read it as just the fun yacht race, which I thought the Federation has a biannual sailing competition. I did not know this. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. If you'd like to contact us and share your thoughts on today's show, and maybe let us know what episodes you would suggest on introducing people to Star Trek The Next Generation, just go to trek.fm contact. From that form, you can choose Send a Show and select Earl Grey. 
These messages will be emailed to the three of us. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page of Trek FM to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. The conversation's always going on with our podcast crew and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm forums. And finally, in social media, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com trek.fm or on Twitter under username trek.fm. And this week, we received some wonderful feedback from Gary Lum in Australia, our listener from the other hemisphere. And he left us a message saying, just letting you know, I've left a rating interview in the Australian iTunes store to help other Australians find Earl Grey. So thank you, Gary. And if you'd like to follow his wonderful example, please leave us a review in the America store, the UK store, any store. Well, any iTunes store, that is. So please leave us a review in iTunes store. We'd love to hear from you. Before we go, I'd also like to ask you to please support our sponsor who makes it possible for us to bring Earl Grey and our other shows to you each week. Our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought that you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles are coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, Audible has something for everyone, and there are many next-gen books available including Dark Mirror and Q Squared, both read by John DeLancey. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read or that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. We thank you and Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. Also, help us continue to bring Earl Grey to you each week by getting your alien badges and art prints featuring original illustration by Tobu Ushi. You'll find them at trek.fm donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring you this show every week. But if someone was wanting to contact you guys about your opinions to let you know if you're right or, or wrong, uh, where would they find you, Daniel? Well, they would find me at One Up Dan, pretty much on any social media network, but probably Twitter would be the best. And that is the number one, not the word. And what about you, Philip? Uh, they can find me at Handle Time Sexy Planet. Or no, wait, no, my Twitter handle is NC Public Servant, NC like North Carolina, and I'm happy to talk about Star Trek Next Generation and all the episodes I love to introduce people to, including Justice. Justice. And you can find me on Twitter at. Dr. Sci-Fi, that's D-R-S-C-I-F-I, or my website, which is drsci-fi.com, where you can listen to a lot of great episodes covering science fiction and space exploration, a few also with my lovely wife, Maureen. Well, that was a great discussion on you know how to really get plugged in to Star Trek The Next Generation. And you know the original way to get plugged into Star Trek was watching season one as it first began. So I think I'm going to go grab my season one Blu-ray and see, you know, just relive some of those memories. And although Blu-ray does help it kind of ease some of the pain of some of those early titles. Justice and Gage. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Fire. Fire.